Welcome to the Pike Podcast. The Pike Podcast is here to inform and inspire your fraternal experience. Topics covered include leadership, how to improve chapter operations, and how to improve yourself. We'll break down some of our most dynamic resources, from entire areas of programming to specific tools and strategies, to deliver an in-depth, comprehensive look at the elements that make our chapters successful. You can find other episodes and show notes at pikes.org slash podcasts, or look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to the Pike Podcast. My name is Jarrett Way, Director of Educational Content and Strategy with the Pike Kappa Alpha International Fraternity. And today I'm excited to have on a new voice, Brother Michael Riedel, our Director of Alumni Engagement. Brother Riedel, welcome on. Thanks, Jarrett. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk about alumni engagement with you today. But before we get into all of that, it's your first time on the show. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, so like Jared mentioned, Michael Riedel, Director of Alumni Engagement with Pi Kappa Alpha. I graduated from the University of Kansas in 2016 with my degree in atmospheric science. I shortly came on staff after that and was a consultant for six months before taking over the Director of Alumni Engagement position, which had been sitting vacant for a few months. And so I've been in this role for a little over two years now. I've really got a solid understanding for, for what our chapters need to be doing to engage the alumni. And I'm very excited to talk a little bit about that today. I guess a lot of it is since the entire podcast. <laughs> it sure is. And I brought you on because you are, if you will, the in-house subject matter expert on all things alumni relations. So I want to talk about this initially from a programming perspective. So for a chapter who is looking to implement alumni relations into their operations, into their programming, I want this podcast to be beneficial for them so they can get that foundational education. So first and foremost, Michael, what is alumni relations? Yeah, so I think that alumni relations is oftentimes a forgotten aspect of fraternity operations, but it's certainly one of the most important areas of programming that can pay dividends for your chapter, not only now, but 10, 15, 20 years in the future. So alumni relations to me is communicating what the chapter is doing to the alumnus stakeholders, inviting them to participate in chapter events, but also allowing them a platform to communicate with each other. Because a lot of times our alumni want to know what their brothers are up to, the brothers that they went through the new member process with, the brothers that they served on the executive board with, and a chapter alumni relations program can provide a platform for them to do that. So uh, really it's, it's a lot of different things, but it all kind of follows a, a simple framework, which we'll discuss later, uh, that can be very powerful for our chapters. So again, for a chapter that wants to implement this program that, like you said, can be a very dynamic thing for any chapter or colony, what's the first step? So the first step is to organize a committee. Just like with any area of programming, it's hard for one person to do it by themselves. So it's better to involve and engage more chapter members in the process. So the head of the committee is the alumni relations chairman, typically appointed by the internal vice president. And he is somebody that has a passion for communicating with our alumni, can manage a committee, is a, is a proven upcoming leader in the chapter. Underneath him, there are typically three captains that we recommend serve on this committee. Uh, the first is the identification captain. The identification captain is a primary organizer and overseer of the alumni database and is in charge of conducting such events as the alumni phonathon uh, to update alumni information. So this person is somebody that is responsible with the spreadsheet and, and can really help manage that database, which we'll talk a little bit more in depth later. The next is the communication captain. The communication captain is the primary organizer, producer, developer of any physical or electronic newsletters that the alumni uh, relations committee might send out. So this person will compile information, put it in a form that's easy to read and send that out to our alumni. 
The next person on the committee that we recommend having is the cultivation captain. Uh, this isn't somebody that's out there dealing with plants. It's somebody <laughs> who is the primary coordinator of all alumni events coordinated by the chapter. And at those events, that's when you cultivate those relationships uh, with those alumni. So that's where the name comes from. And they typically work in conjunction with the Alumni Association to help plan host events uh, where applicable. So those are the, uh, the basic descriptions of the Alumni Relations Committee. So we have this foundational committee led by the alumni relations chairman in this internal cabinet. Let's move on to the four areas of alumni relations. So we have identify, communicate, cultivate, and solicit. So Riedel, you want to jump into those? Yeah. So I think before we go too much further, the identify, communicate, cultivate, solicit is really just a simple four-pronged framework for our chapters to use to ensure that they are on track with implementing the alumni relations program. So before we can go any further in alumni relations, we need to identify who our alumni are from our chapter. And so the best way to do that is by utilizing the International Fraternities Alumni Database. Uh, here in Memphis, we keep a database that includes every initiate into Pi Kappa Alpha since 1868, and it is pretty accurate. Uh, so if you're looking to, to identify who your alumni are, you don't have a database, the best thing to do is e to email alumni at pikes.org, and we'll be able to send that over to you very quickly. A few other places to get information uh, is from the university itself. A lot of universities will track Greek affiliation, certainly over the last 15 to 20 years, uh, because for them, people who are Greek from their campus are more than likely going to have a higher propensity to give to their foundation, to the endowment. So it's a really powerful tool that our alumni uh, advancement offices at our universities are doing, and we can take advantage of that by reaching out to them. Now, what about communicate? Yeah, so next we want to communicate with our alumni. And so communication can take place in, in many different forms, uh, but the ones that we really, really recommend for our chapters to just master first is a quarterly newsletter. And so for chapters that have uh, a lot more resources at their disposal, they can perhaps do two physical newsletters through the mail and two electronic newsletters. But for some of our smaller chapters or for our chapters that don't have it as significant of resources, you can also always just do four online communication pieces. And so for those online communication pieces, what you'll want to do is try to get information from all aspects of the chapter. So how is the chapter doing in intramurals? How are they doing in philanthropy? Is there anybody that's doing great things on their campus? Was somebody awarded a scholarship? And you want to put that into an online HTML email. And there are a lot of services that will provide templates for that or ways for you to, to create a beautiful Pike branded chapter template. And one of the ones that we recommend the most is MailChimp. Uh, and the reason why is because it's free for the number of users that all of our chapters are going to be doing. So all you'll need is an email address. And once you get that contact list from the International Fraternity, it's a simple upload, drag and drop the Excel file, and it'll take all the importing of that information off your hands. So you'll want to send that communication out on a quarterly basis, typically in addition to the, the things we talked about earlier, have a letter from the president, and also alumni updates because brothers, as we mentioned earlier, are going to want to hear about what their brothers are doing. And then lastly, if there are any events that you guys are, are planning on hosting, which we'll talk about here later, uh, please include those in those quarterly newsletters. And backtracking just a little bit, Michael, we do have some 
guideline resources on Pax.org for MailChimp specifically, right? Yeah, absolutely. We do have online under the alumni resources section an entire PDF document about how to use MailChimp and how to create your chapter's branded newsletter that you can use repeatedly. In addition, we also have sample newsletters for you to look through, as well as newsletter guidelines that are much more in-depth than what I could possibly cover here on the podcast. And I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. Let's move on to Cultivate. Yeah, so Cultivate uh, is really having those events where alumni can come and you can build and cultivate those relationships uh, with those men. So a few events that, that we'll talk about here briefly are homecoming. Uh, the reason why I always recommend chapters to do a, an alumni event around homecoming is that the university is already going to have a bunch of events planned for your alumni to come back and participate in. So typically one of the biggest complaints that I hear from alumni who you know don't want to go to an alumni event that the chapter is hosting is, well, it's only two hours and then I have to drive back home. With homecoming, there's typically a football game if it's in the fall. There's other alumni events that the university is hosting. There's Uh, class reunions going on at that time. So there's a lot more than just having a two to three hour chapter event there for the alumni to come back to. So that's in the fall. In the spring, what I always recommend our chapters to do is have a Founders Day event. Now, Founders Day event is a great way for men to show their affinity not only to your chapter and to your university, but also to the international fraternity as well. So it doesn't have to be on March 1st. It can be at whatever date is most convenient for your chapter. But if a chapter is going to start out doing two events per year, which is the baseline practice, I would highly recommend starting with a homecoming event in the fall and a springtime founders event. And those don't necessarily have to be fancy. Uh, They don't have to be big banquets. If your chapter has the ability to plan that, that's great. Uh, But just keep it simple and make sure that it is quality events and not the quantity. And finally, we have this fourth prong, solicit. Yes, so solicit is probably the one that we'll spend the least time on because if you do uh, the the three steps prior, if you identify, if you communicate, and if you cultivate by having solid events with your alumni in attendance, uh, the solicitation is going to come pretty naturally. The alumni are going to want to give their time, their treasure, their advice, their counsel back to the chapter. And so if you do the first three well, it'll be a very simple ask, and those alumni will come Uh, very eager and running to you to give back their time, treasure, and advice. I want to circle back because we did allude earlier to this alumni database. And I think that a lot of our undergraduates just don't understand that, again, we truly track every single initiated reported member of Pi Kappa Alpha in a very robust database. And that's something that can be used as a resource by any of our undergraduate members, and especially our alumni relations chairman and committees, to be able to bolster their alumni relations program and make it something really dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Our alumni database is only as good as what alumni give to us, but it is probably going to be more accurate than what you have. So like I mentioned earlier, if you need that database for your chapter, it's as simple as emailing alumni at pikes.org, and we'll be able to get that alumni database to you within 24 hours usually. Now, if you already have that database and you're thinking about, well, how do I manage this? There's just so many contact uh, pieces of contact information to manage, to update, to keep track of. Uh, the, the thing that I would highly recommend to you is to try to keep it as simple as possible. So name, obviously that's important. Phone number, email address, mailing address, and initiation year are the five pieces of critical information that at the bare minimum you should keep track of for your chapter. And another thing that I would add is, is to try to use some sort of color coding system or, or change tracking system in your database. So that if I'm the identification captain one year, 
And then the next year, somebody else comes along. I can see when those changes were made, when that contact information was last updated. So I know whether or not, okay, this person is is very recently updated and this is his correct information or, well, I'm not exactly sure about this uh, information as well. So again, please reach out to us, supplement that information on the database with resources from your institution, whether that's the alumni association for your institution, the foundation office, the endowment office for the institution, they're going to also have a pretty robust alumni database and they just might track Greek affiliation for you to take advantage of. Michael, are there any other components of an alumni relations program that we haven't talked about yet? No, I do just want to go back really quickly to the events aspect of the alumni relations program. Unlike our recruitment philosophy where quantity drives quality for Pi Kappa Alpha, in, in alumni relations, it's almost the exact opposite when it comes to events. Uh, you want to have the highest quality events that you can for your alumni to attend. And if that means that you're only doing one or two events per year, as an international fraternity, we would rather you do that than host 12 alumni events per year that only five people attend. Uh, so really focus on the quality of the events over the quantity of alumni association events. And as soon as you start to master chapter alumni events, you can add another event and then another event and then all of a sudden you're doing three really high quality well-planned events per year as opposed to having six that are not as well-planned. One thing I always told chapters when I was on the road as a consultant was that Yes, your alumni care about your chapter, they care about the men in it because you are a steward of that chapter, but really they want to see the people that they went through it with, right? These are men who might have families now, significant others. They want to be able to bring them around and reminisce with their chapter brothers who are part of the chapter at the time that they were. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring a great point about families coming to these events as well. If you're planning a homecoming event, just understand that chances are that alumnus is going to bring his family there. Uh, so make sure that it's appropriate for people of all ages to attend and really try to get brothers to invite each other to these events. Uh, an email for a chapter going out saying, hey, here is the alumni event that we're hosting for homecoming. Come to the chapter house is great. But if you say bring five friends or the alumnus brother that has the most people attend the event after he invites them will win an award. I find ways to make it fun for the alumni to come back and, and bring their brothers that they were in the chapter with to the event as well. Now, before we wrap up here today, I know that following the 2018 convention in Richmond, Virginia, there are some things that came down the pipeline pertaining to alumni advisory boards within our standards. So can you tell me about what changes were made and maybe the impact that that might have? Yeah, Jarrett, at the 2018 International Convention in Richmond, Virginia, the convention body voted to unanimously update the standards to include a piece about having an accredited chapter advisor and at least three men serving on an alumni advisory board. Now, the reason why they did that is because an overwhelming amount of the chapters that we've lost for disciplinary or even operational reasons over the last five to 10 years were groups that didn't have engaged alumni advisory boards with the chapter. They didn't have chapter advisors that were meeting with the institution to understand what it meant to be a fraternity chapter on that campus in good standing. So it's a little bit of data that shows, hey, our chapters that have these advisory boards are higher performing than others, but it's also the fact that we want our undergraduate men to engage with alumni that are successful in their career, care about the fraternity, and are model citizens, which a lot of our advisors are. So I think it's pretty clear that when it comes to the relationship between a chapter and their alumni advisory board, it's a two-way street. 
So can you give me a little bit of perspective on how that might look operationally? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for an ideal alumni advisory board, what we like to see is that the advisory board members are communicating with their respective undergraduate on a biweekly basis. So that's twice a month. And so one of the recommendations that I always make when I meet with undergraduate men or advisors is to set up a recurring time to talk each month. So that might be every first and third Tuesday, the finance advisor and the treasurer are going to talk at 10 a.m. It's simple. You can program that into your calendar, and that way you're not scrambling to set up a time to meet every two weeks. Uh, in addition, it's best practice for an advisor to attend at least one chapter meeting per month. And so if you're an advisor listening to this podcast, you might be like, wow, I, I can't attend a meeting every month. Well, if you have a team of six advisors, then you can split that workload um, up over the course of a semester so that ideally all you're doing is attending maybe one, maybe two at the most chapter meetings uh, per month. Additionally, as a chapter, one of the best things you can do and the, one of the best ways to engage with your alumni advisory board is by having them facilitate the goal setting and transition retreat that you should be having uh, every time that you transition or start a new period of the academic year. So in January, if that's when you transition, uh, executive boards, having those alumni advisors that hopefully have been serving the chapter for a period of time and have some institutional knowledge of what works on that campus and what doesn't work on that campus, come in, help you set your goals, help you transition, and really just ensure that the next group of men have a solid foundation of which to work off of is going to pay dividends for your chapter when it comes to winning awards, uh, being the best on your campus, and having the best men. So for a chapter that doesn't have a chapter advisor, how might they go about trying to find one? Here at the International Fraternity, we keep a, a list of advisor candidates in each area that we think are some of the the top candidates. So typically those men are going to be people that are Pike University certified, have served as a volunteer before, have donated to the fraternity. And so if you're in a big metro area and you're looking for a new advisor, uh, there's a lot of alumni that are in your area, but we can really help pare that list down to a much more manageable search for you guys. Additionally, I can help intervene in those searches and actually do some recruiting on behalf of the chapter if the chapter really, really needs that level of assistance. And one thing that I do want to touch on when it comes to working with advisors, a lot of our volunteers and advisors are within 30 and 40 years old, which means they're part of the millennial generation. And one thing that an alumni relations consultant company uh, has found is that advisors in that age group, they really want a defined tour of duty and defined description. So if you're recruiting a chapter advisor, you need to really think about, okay, what is it that we want him to do? And for your chapter, that might just be checking with the chapter president and attend one chapter meeting per month. But for others that want a more hands-on approach, it's important that you communicate that on the front end so the expectations are met between your new chapter advisor and the executive board. Otherwise, when expectations aren't met and relationships aren't what they thought they were going to be coming in, that's when you get a lot of friction between advisors and the executive board, and that's when relationships really start to falter. Michael, thank you so much for your time and your perspective today. I, I think it's going to be very beneficial for a lot of our groups. Yeah, I hope so. And, and like I said, if there's anything that I can do to help all our chapters across the country with alumni relations, finding a new chapter advisor, building out an alumni advisory board, you can reach me and my department at alumni at pikes.org. That's the email address. It'll go right to me. And we'd love to help you out. Thanks again, Beetle. It's been a pleasure. Yep, absolutely, Jared. 
Thanks for listening to the Pike Podcast. You can check out other episodes and show notes as well as resource links discussed at www.pikes.org podcast. Thanks again for listening. And as always, it's a great day to be a Pike. We'll see you next time.